0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, really, really appreciate you guys joining us. You get the behind the scenes picture of everything that we do here. Um, And so you'll see that we we are going Christmas theme. It's it's December. We are really full swing Christmas time, really looking forward to uh, finish the new year strong. And today we have a special treat. Shelby Betts is joining us. Shelby is our uh, team leader for our sales team, has been with us for Uh, a good while now really helped us improve a lot of different areas and Shelby I know you were on the podcast it's been a couple months though so how you been been what's what's new in your world
1: it's good it's good I'm glad to be here thanks for asking me back Um, I am not a fan of Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving so this is hard to sit here and look at Christmas bows but since we've had a tough year I'll be here Uh, No, but everything's good. We're just, we're rolling. This is typically our busy season on the sales side. So we're just trying to close business and and get New Year started off right. So
0: this is the magic of production. It is actually, today is November the like 19th, I think. 19th. But this is going to, everybody will hear this for the first time. I think it's December the 9th is when we're planning on, on this releasing. And so Becky and, and, and her folks have got all of our Christmas decorations out. We got candy canes. Candy but canes. But you're absolutely right. That's right. Like it's full on Thanksgiving mode. Yeah, for <laughs> to, me. For us in real time. <laughs> absolutely. Are right, you so you're you're one that is no Christmas before Thanksgiving?
1: Yes. I, I will listen to Christmas music and pull all of the decorations out Black Friday, six AM in the morning if you want to. But I'm like really? g- just give me turkey and dressing and no no expectations. That's
0: funny. Meredith is, uh, I, I had to fight her not to put our Christmas tree up before Halloween. Yeah, yeah. She is raring to go.
1: Yeah, this, like I said, this year everyone gets a pass. I understand everyone wants Christmas spirits. So I'm like, all right, I will it's, give you this year.
0: People but, get so argumentative about yeah, this right. topic. It's like, right. when can you start to put Christmas stuff up? Is it too early? Is it too late? Yeah. People are really passionate about it's this.
1: It's the white shoes. Can you wear them after Labor Day?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shelby, um, we're talking today about sales and operations and the relationship that, that, that it should have. Um, I, I joke around, you know, you, I, I kind of lead our operations team, spe- you know, specifically. You lead our sales team in some, some ways. You're the arch enemy. You're the nemesis. That's right. A lot of businesses out there, uh, and especially if you're an operations leader, can sometimes see your sales team as a liability, not really the asset that they are. Um, on the sales side, the the perspective can come across as our operations team doesn't really get us. We drive the bus. There's, you know, there's always. I always think the the stereotype is that the sales is the arrogant. We're gonna drive everything, and we're gonna lead the team, and we're gonna make it, everything happen. And I have to push and or pull, and we're gonna bring our operations team around. And thankfully. That's not the case here. Yeah, I do know that that's the case in, in you know, other places, but here we, I, th- I think we have a really good relationship. Our sales and operations teams, they are really, uh, really in tune with one another, um, and, and we do well with this. And so I, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about it, let other people have some insight into kind of what makes us successful in that, where we have uh, struggled and learned from uh, our past mistakes, yep. and hopefully... Small business leaders and their teams out there can pick up on a couple of nuggets of wisdom, and and we'll see how it goes. And so, from your perspective, you you've been on our team for going on uh, about eighteen months. Yep. Uh, it'll be two years next year. Crazy. Uh, and in that time frame, you started as a just I don't know normal salesperson, whatever yep. you want to call it, boots on the ground, boots on the ground. Yeah, outside salesperson. That's and right. over time, you've kind of taken on a lot of responsibilities, or leading that sales team. As you've kind of made that transition, what are some what are some things that you've seen over that time that just really stuck out as this is something that's got to get fixed?
1: Yeah. So first I do want to say, I appreciate you mentioning about the, the stereotypes between sales and operations. You know, I think on the sales side, you know, we joke around in our sales meetings, but our operations team, you know, in the past, I would say is like the Johnny Raincloud or the negative Nancy, you know, it's, we got this big, crazy thing and it's an awesome deal and your opportunity and you're stoked about winning all of this business. And then you, you know, touch base with your ops team and, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Or we, that's not, a, you know, in scope. And so I think traditionally that stereotype does hold, hold true. But I do agree with you. I'm thankful that being here, that's not the case. Um, but to answer your question, so from my perspective, um, one of the first things that I felt needed to be dialed in as I started selling was um, the efficiency of how the sales team operated. And so I like process. I like things that are systematic and consistent. And so if I'm going to have to do something more than once, I want it to be streamlined and, and just itemized in a way that does not take up too much of my time. Um, and that's that's the bane of all salespeople. So a lot of salespeople don't want to make phone calls. Like cold calling is not fun. I've gotten hung up on today, you know, and that's not a fun thing to do. And um, I think traditionally salespeople will say, you know, oh well I've got this paperwork I've gotta get signed and I've got this this deal I need to, you know, touch base with and, and confirm all these details and so the challenge for a sales leader is to challenge the sales team to stay out of paperwork and stay out of, you know, kind of the minor details that tend to really hold salespeople back from doing what they need to do, which is, which is talking to their prospects. Um, so that was one of the first things with just when we get a verbal, you know, yes commitment from our clients and they're saying, okay, we're ready to move forward. Um, the process by which we brought them in the door felt a bit clunky to me. And so that was one of the first areas that I felt from a sales side, um, what can we do to make this easier on the sales team in a way that's systematic? Um, We have an admin team. We're grateful to have them, but they had some things they had to have to get you guys started on the op side. And um, so I just had a couple of conversations. I think I'd mentioned with you, hey, this is something I want to change. Can we do it? Um, You were on board, which was awesome. Um, And then, of course, getting the admin on team, finding out, you know, hey, what do they need? What do we need to get this person in the door? Um, that was just one of the very first things that I said, we've got to, this process needs to be streamlined, and more importantly, consistent, because if we're going to add salespeople and, and continue to close business, we've got to have one way that we do things so that it's easy for the whole team to get that client in the door.
0: It is critical to, in order to grow, that handoff, that process has to be clean. I think this is a, a critically important area that a lot of people don't spend enough time really thinking about. Because I've, I've seen different circumstances in a company where the sales team job is just to go find some business. And then once they have somebody on the hook, for lack of a better term, yep. it's just, well, we're going to take that and whatever it needs to look like to make the, that happen. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking through, is there really a clear way that we can do this that's going to be a win for both sides? Because in, in our world, like you mentioned, our goal for our sales team is we want you to go close new business. That's right. We don't want you sitting at a computer all day playing with Excel spreadsheets or, you know, trying to go, yes, playing with Salesforce, learning what's the new software that I need to adjust. (laughs) That's right. No, we want you making phone calls, talking to prospects, solving people's problems so that we can uh, continue to grow. This is, like I said, this has to be right. Mm -hmm. There's three reasons why I think this is really important to get right. I want your, your, uh, your feedback here. Okay. The first of which, Our first impression, our first real impression with the client is always happening in the handoff between sales and ops. You guys have put on, in a lot of ways, we call you brand ambassadors. You're the face of the organization. Mm -hmm. But that relationship does not stay long-term as the primary person because they're going to be dealing with somebody else in our company. But that first impression that a prospect or a new client has of us is always in that handoff. I think it's extremely important to get that right. This is true for us. And it's probably easier to see because we're a service-based business. And so we have a sales team. It's a little bit different if I'm yep. uh, you know, a restaurant, but in the, same, in the same vein, the customer comes in and that, that front of house employee, they're gonna go sit them at the table. They're gonna ask them you know, what their order and, and all that stuff's gonna happen. And then all that information to get transitioned to the back of the house where they're gonna cook the food or, or do whatever. That handoff is really important because if you don't get that right, your food's going to come out wrong, right? You know, I, my, uh, whenever my wife and I go out to eat, one of the things that we always pick up on is is the server writing down our order. Yep. You know, are they good enough to, to pick up on this without writing it down or should they have written it down? <laughs> because it's the handoff that gets broken there. Yep. And then that's, that's our impression of what's going on. So I think first impression is super important. Yeah, For us, the install of a client, the conversion of a client happens quicker whenever that handoff is cleaner. That's right. So we're able to flip that business around a lot quicker, which allows you to get freed up for more sales, mm-hmm. which is that third point of why I think this is super important. I want my sales team selling. I don't want them chasing paperwork. I don't want them uh, going out and, and, and playing on the back end of trying to do reporting and analytics. I want a system to do that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my sales team selling. Yeah. It's critically important to get right. Do you agree?
1: I do, yeah. And, you know, we talk about this as a, as a team often in our sales meetings. I love the language of front of house and back of house, and I really like that restaurant analogy, not just because we do restaurants, but I, I also agree. You know, your sales team is your front of the house. It's a brand ambassador. When I walk into a business, I don't, I'm not just Shelby Betts. I'm, I'm Patrick Accounting and I'm Works. And so the way that I, I communicate our values to the client, that's telling them a lot about who we are and, and how we're going to be if they decide to work with us. And so I think uh, creating proper expectations is very important. I think salespeople tend to, you know, overpromise and underdeliver. And so uh, one of the, you know, things that I, I'm constantly challenging our team to think about is, you know, we need to know as a culture who we are. Like, what are the expectations that we that we want out of a good client? You and I have had this conversation. I'm like, what is a good client for us? Um, because if I can see like a character flaw in somebody, or even just a their vision for what they see in our service is different than what I I can, you know, confidently say we can deliver on, then I have got to be willing in that process to walk away from that potential client. Because setting proper expectations for the client is is foundational. It's it's household rules. You know, if you walk into someone's house, you want to know, do I take my shoes off? Can I keep my shoes on? It's kind of important to know those rules. And I think on a business perspective, first impression is everything. Especially because, as you mentioned, with the install process, um, a client, a potential client needs to really understand, you know, what's the go-live? Like, how long are we going to be in this flux of, you know, transition before I can really start expecting everything that sales team has, has promised to me? Um, and so I think first impressions are important. And I, I do think as a sales team, it's important to talk to your operations team about what in their mind is a good client, what does a good process look like for them? Um, just to be sure that you're communicating, you know, if the salesperson's not the doer, is not the one that's actually, you know, managing the account or operations, um, you need to have a good understanding of, from their eyes of what's good and what's bad so that you can kind of adjust and, and shift and pivot as you need to.
0: So you came into our company with, you didn't have any background in selling what we sell. Yeah, you no service-based. But not in what we sell. That's right. or, or even, yeah, I guess you're right, service-based. Um, so when you came in, this was... A lot of ways fresh for you. Mm-hmm. You had to learn a lot, get up to speed real, really quick on just product knowledge, but That's also right. processes. Mm-hmm. How did you go about the delicate walk of I'm the new person, but I'm seeing things that just don't really work well or don't seem like they work well? What's that first couple steps to take in order to get things moving along and towards the goal of we're going to fix some of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing you have to do is be humble and realize you may have a better way of doing things. But until you have earned the trust and the credibility of bringing that idea to the table, I think it's important that you trust the operations that's in place there. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that that would be the first thing for me is um, doing it your company's way first and do it that way for a little while. And then as you become comfortable with understanding, there's a reason that that system or that process is in place. Now it may be broken, it may just need to be tweaked and updated a little bit, but I think before you come in, like just guns a blazing, you know, we're going to change everything. And I think it's important to, to say, okay, like, you know, this company's been growing without me. I'm not the hero. I'm not the savior. And so why don't I learn um, and see how things are done? And then as I get familiar with both our clients' products and process, then I can make some adjustments. And so I just think just choose your battles carefully.
0: What's the number one way a salesperson gains, gains credibility?
1: I think take people to lunch.
0: Take people to lunch. Good to know them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, everyone's different here, but, you know, in terms of uh, what's important to me is it's all about relationships uh, every, in everything. You know, with our clients, it's about relationships. Um, you know, yes, I want to sell them our services, but more importantly, like, I want to get to know who they are and what they do and why they do it. And I feel that way about our team as well. So I think any opportunity a salesperson can have to step across the aisle and, you know, go take your, you know, payroll manager or your, your customer service success specialist to lunch. Um, I just don't think that you're going to lose anything by, you know, extending that operation, you know, just learning about who they are and what, tick, what makes them tick.
0: Why do you think there is um, a level of hostility between sales and ops?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. I think, you know, a sales team that's, that's performing, you know, they care about their money. Um, you bring in salespeople because they want to make commission and make as much money as possible. And I think a part of that could be that tension of, um, you know, your operations team may not sense that that person is genuine um, and that they're doing it for them. And I think as soon as that is like a real viable thing, um, your operations team is going to take a step back. And so I think conflict can arise when, um, you know, salespeople have not done the rapport building they need to do. And then also just not being genuine. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody in our office that was not genuinely interested in our other, you know, in other coworkers. I don't know if that answers your
0: question. I've always been, like, I've always kind of been fascinated by that because from my perspective, you can't have a growing company without sales and sales doesn't exist without a solid back office. That's right. You have to have both. Mm -hmm. But I've been in situations where the operations team is like, like you mentioned, like, oh, those sales teams are going to go out and promise the world and they're just going to bring in crappy clients or people who have unrealistic expectations. And I mean, that's never really the, the, the case here, but I've been in those situations where you got to understand that, you know, without that sales team, you don't have a job. You know, like you, they're not, they're bringing in revenue and that's important to understand. There has to be an empathy level on both sides. You, you mentioned it, I wrote it down here. You know, trust is super important. Mm-hmm. I trust all of you guys on the sales team, a hundred percent to make the right decisions about who, what clients you're talking with, what prospects you're, or even reaching out to, um, you know, who you're going to bring in the door, because, like you said, we've had so many conversations about what is an ideal client, what doesn't fit, where are the issues that we have struggled, what are th- you know things that, that we've seen along the way that has caused some of those issues. It's super, super, super important to have an open line of communication mm-hmm. from your not just operations and sales leaders standpoint, but the entire team. They have to have an open line of communication to go in and say. This is working, this isn't working, yeah. this is what we need to do better, um, or we need to do more of this. Yeah. It's super important.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, I think another issue, a challenge is um, often, you know, in a larger organization, even moving into a mid size, your C-suite leadership is making decisions. And then you've got your sales manager and your operations manager that are going in and saying, okay, this is the way it's going to be. You know, they've made these decisions without buy-in from their people in the field. Um, And that's a real challenge. I think, I mean, that's the reason I love working in this business because we're small enough to make those pivots as we need to. Um, But before I'm going to ask my team to make a change, I like to get their input. And similar with operations, if I think, I think we could do this better operationally, I'm going to ask you about it, but I'm probably also going to go ask Casey. Absolutely. You know, because I trust her and I trust like every single client that we work with that knows Casey loves Casey and trusts her. Mm -hmm. And so if I think, hey, I think we could do this better, and Casey says no, then that's for me to say, okay, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important, too, is not just thinking about top-down, how do we get this right, but you know, think about your people in the field that are executing the vision. It's important Those to get that buy-in.
0: know so much more yeah. about real-life stuff than, I mean, management, leadership, that, they can get so far removed from reality that they right. can sometimes be deranged in some ways, right. starting to get psychopathic. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that's not true about our team here. Well, and I, hopefully,
1: we've, you know, hopefully we've done the work of being approachable so that you know, if we're creating unrealistic expectations, we know about it.
0: I've written, so, I've written down a couple of things that I, that I think has been helpful for us yeah. to make a, a, a better process um, so that there is a, an easier transition between sales and ops. And one of those issues is uh, I think you do a good job of this. Um, you really call out every issue that you see until it's fixed. Part of that's our culture is we have an expectation that people are going to challenge our processes, and it's something that we talk about a whole lot. You live this out really well, though. Whenever you see something that isn't working super well, not just it's not it's okay, but it's not working super well, you aren't afraid. You don't shy away from saying, hey, Mike or whoever, hey, this. why are we doing this, and, and would it be okay if we did something a little bit different? Sure. I think that's really important. It's something that you live out. Super, um, super well. But there is always, and we talked about this a little, uh, for, you know, a second ago, but there is always a constant feedback loop, or mm-hmm. at least we try to have a constant feedback loop where whenever issues do rise up, it's yeah. something that's going to be talked about. Um, the trust aspect between your team members is super important here. Because if I don't trust you or you don't trust me, we're, uh, we're going to be less likely to come to each other and say, hey, look, this is something that we're dealing with that's not super working well. Yeah. And it's important to, to be able to develop that. Yeah. So if, if I'm a small business out there that's not in a service-based business, if, yeah. if I'm more product-driven, <laughs> how does this conversation change or does it?
1: No, I don't think it does. Since I, Again, that's my background. I sold products and in, in commodities for six years. That's a very stressful environment, prices and market, and things change every day. And um, what, I, <laughs> what I realized then was what I try to implement now, which is If I don't know my operations team, all of the things that I say to the client I'm going to execute on is not going to happen without their buy-in. And so even if it's a product-based, you're selling widgets or you're selling, you know, whatever the product it happens to be, um, your sales and operations team need to be running in the same direction. And if they are not, you need to stop everything you are doing and figure out why. Because you will fail. You may, you know, you may struggle along for a little while, but if your sales and operations team are not aligned in the mission and vision of the company, um, then the execution is going to fall short.
0: Have you ever been in a situation where that's been true? I don't like um, to start naming names, but well, does I'll that tell cause you. a lot of frustration and, and distrust among the team?
1: Yeah, distrust among the team, and then lots of heated conversations with, with customers and clients. Mm-hmm. So that's never fun.
0: A lot of times it's, it is like it's the customer that kind of gets, you know, left. To, to go figure it out whenever you have that uh, discord between those departments.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah. So, um, Shelby, you, you've been here, like I said, 18 months, uh, going on two years, somewhere around there. Where do you see, um, let's talk about our, our actual business right now. Where do you see some of those processes that still need to get, uh, get ironed out?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know. We're figuring it out. <laughs> Um, You know, from the sales side, I think a lot about sales enablement. Um, And so one of the the other processes, and I'm speaking from sales here, but operations really ties into this is, um, you know, you have to have a good data management system. You have to have a way of communicating data in an efficient way. Um, We have a couple of technology tools in place that I love that helps, but I think anytime you can um, streamline how your data flows from your sales team to your operations team is valuable. Um, Having clear insight into all organizations. I think, Some businesses, um, and probably ours too in some ways, we can get siloed, Um, and so how can you kind of open up those doors so that you're, you know, you're really looking at accurate reporting and really looking at accurate forecasts. Um, So those are some things that I want to see is just better sales enablement in terms of, you know, reporting and analytics and how we, you know, drive. You know, how we drive the company forward, you got to kind of know where you are and where you've been to make some decisions about where you want to go. So having that insight, you know, we say that. Like, we, we provide insight to our businesses so they can run awesome businesses and make awesome decisions. Um, and there's a challenge in making sure that you do have the insight to, to make good decisions. I always I tell people this all the time, but if you give me all the data I need to make a good decision, I will make a logical one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I have one arm behind my back and one you know one eye closed, well, I may get a bit off target, so you have to kind of know all of those details. Which We're going to make the challenge. best
0: decision with the information that I right. have in front of me. And it's not yeah. always the best information, though.
1: Yeah. So I'm putting it back to you. What do you think that um, operations teams can do to support sales teams? And what do you think sales teams can do to support operations?
0: I think, uh, you know, we, we, we hit on some of these things, but clear dialogue is, is really important. Um, in order to have a real conversation with your sales team about what is, in, what is working, what isn't working, you have to know that yourself. Uh, you can't go out and chase every single prospect under the sun with the hopes of whatever bites on the hook, I'm going to reel in. It's got to be a little more targeted than that. That starts with operations understanding what they do well, how they do it well, and what person, what, what ideal client fits into that, uh, those parameters. And once operations knows that really well, you have to be able to explain that to sales team. And you have to be able to do that in a way that our sales teams can understand. Yeah. Because so many operations teams will get into all of the details because they're going to, hopefully, they're going to know what they're doing better than sales team, hopefully. But those details, a lot of times from a sales perspective, don't matter. Yeah. Um, as as you know, the, the details of how we um, you know, uh, process a payroll. That's right. Maybe go to this menu option, click this button, or look at this report, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Sales team is saying, "Is it easy? Can we process payroll easy?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's what I need to know because that's what's going to actually. That's what I'm actually trying to sell. I'm not going to try to sell. All right. Here is a full deep dive demo on everything <laughs> you need to do. That's right. Because your customers are going to run off. So operations has to know what they're doing super well how to target that into an ideal client, an ideal profile. But also a good operations person is also going to be able to put on a pseudo sales hat to know how to communicate those things in a way that your sales team can pick up on from a a marketing type standpoint.
1: Yeah, that's intriguing because I know um, there were some things you mentioned to me not too long ago that I realized when you had set them off the cuff, but I was like, whoa, that is a differentiator between our competitors. I didn't know we could do that. Um, because I had that information, I was like, I need to look at vertical now because in this vertical, we can be more successful than some of these larger companies out there. Um, and so I think you're correct. I like that, just the having the the sales mind. I think operations teams don't realize, um, in some ways, how you execute is what will set you apart from your competition yeah. in the marketplace.
0: And they don't understand that they are actually salespeople. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> in our company is a salesperson. The brand ambassador. Yeah. and And to the degree that you can get that hat on from an operational perspective and look – because we're – I don't – I think we do a good job of we sell what our customers need, not what's going to drive revenue the best. A lot of times those things are in line, but not always. Whenever we're faced with decisions, operationally speaking, between selling something different, new, or doing what's in the best interest of the client. We almost always do what's in the best interest of the client, even if that means we're not selling them something. Um, And so when our operations teams understand that the hat they put on for sales is always about helping a client, it's easier to see the stuff that we do from a sales perspective because it's not a money grab. It's not just trying to grow the top line. It's not just trying to grab more market share. It's the, the mission of our company is we want to help small businesses win. Mm-hmm. And that's what our operations team does. That's right. But that's really a sales job. Yeah. We're helping our customers win. We're helping our prospects win. Um, and I think it's important that our operations teams understand that more so than this is just a, a phrase on the wall or a slogan that we talk about, but they genuinely live that out. I can tell you that our team in the back, whenever they have an issue that a client brings up, There is a sense of pride about fixing it because they know that that little fix or that little change is really helping the small business that we work with drive efficiency in their company, become more effective in what they're doing. On the the employee level, I've I've heard this a lot of times, um, there's a personalization of if we don't do our job correctly here at works, that means somebody in somewhere in this country isn't going to get a paycheck Therefore, they may not be able to put food on the table of their family or they may not yeah. be able to pay their bills or whatever. Um, our team personalizes that in such a rich way that I, that I think is, is really good. Not all companies are like that, yeah. Um, but we, we've done a, I think we, you know, pat ourselves on the back a little bit. We've done a good job of building a, a team of people that really care about our mission of helping small businesses win, which is a direct reflection of the, our ability to go and sell more services. That's right the from the sales to op side, you mentioned you know what can we do to 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 make that handoff easier or whatever mm mm-hmm. we have to understand that this is where it's the double edged sword our operations the efficiency that's gained in the new client conversion from our operations team has a direct correlation between our sales team's ability to go win more businesses and when we understand that sales is always then in, uh, uh, encouraged and incentivized to make that process easier. And so, um, you know, we'd, we've done that. We've had a lot of conversations around how we do that. You've come up with a ton of really good, good ideas that we've implemented on making that process a little bit easier, give you better insight, your team better insight, but also with the understanding of our, of our operations team has to be able to, to, to process this data, you know, move, move the needle on uh, our new client conversions as quick as possible so that we can bring in new business. Um, and so that open dialogue is is super important. It's really healthy to have uh, trust that goes along with that. You know all the things that we've uh, we've kind of talked about already.
1: Yeah, I do. You know we talk about this on the sales side, but honestly, um, we spoke about this earlier. Um, my big goal for our company, and this is probably every salesperson out there, is I love when we see a payroll specialist out on our um, recruiting, like on Indeed and LinkedIn, when we're getting ready to hire somebody because we're too busy. Or we need extra hands. Like that's the stuff that salespeople like dream of. You know, I love selling business and I love meeting people, but when I know that somebody is being impacted because we're growing the business, that's a whole, that's a job here in Memphis, Tennessee yeah. that we can add to our team. Yeah. That's life changing. makes it meaningful.
0: There's gotta be a sense of fulfillment about that. Yeah. Like my my direct contribution to yeah. this company.
1: Positively impacting someone else.
0: Has yeah. It's it's brought a job. It's, it's fun brought to a do. job. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, Shelby, I really appreciate your time. It's always good to talk to you and hear your insight sure. into to what's happening and how we can improve and how other companies out there can improve their processes. Obviously, our conversation is kind of uh, more centered on if you know, we're a service-based business, and so that's yeah. what we know super well. But there's a lot of other companies out there that may be struggling with the same, uh, same type of things that we have over time, and that is sales to operations process isn't always as slick and clean as we want it to be. And so if that's you and you want some more insight or you have some questions that, or things that you just want to uh, bounce back and forth off of somebody, we're here for you. We would love to talk to you. Give us a call. Shelby, I'll give, Shelby will give you her cell phone number.
1: 901-524-2542. Call me. You call go. me. And beat me if you want to reach me. There you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. We would love it if you were to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, click the little button there. You can hear us anywhere podcasts are, are heard. Um, on YouTube, if you're joining us on YouTube, we're really, really grateful for that. Um, you get, like I said, a behind the scenes picture of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything that we could do for you, please reach out and let us know. Thanks and have a great day.
1: Thank you.